Welcome back to Bachelor on the Couch, the podcast where comedy becomes clinical. Today, we are very excited to be back after a four-month-long Bachelor Nation hiatus. So as always, that's Liv. That's Jenna. Take a seat on the couch. hate to see your face again Jenna (laughs) I missed you yeah but we know that this friendship cannot work unless I'm mean to you (laughs) fair I guess that's really the sole purpose of this podcast I did miss you though I did I'm really excited to one be talking to you weekly regularly again but also like we're looking at a bachelor like a bachelorette season with the whole advertising. It's two best friends. And I'm excited because we're two best friends getting to talk about the season of two best friends. <laughs> yes. Interesting. It's a very interesting start to the season. I feel like that. I mean, it's never been done before, right? They did it. I say they did it once before, but they didn't do it the same structure. So way back during Caitlin Bristow's season of the bachelorette, the night one, it was both Caitlin and Britt. Um, Britt Nilsson, I believe, was the bachelor, other bachelorette. And so night one, it's the two of them. They're meeting all the guys that were in the, um, like, in the house that were coming. And then it was weird because, like, before the rose ceremony, it was like the men voted who they wanted to pursue. So there was two bachelorettes for one night. Of the double bachelorette. I don't like that. (laughs) It felt weird because like, I don't know, she's all excited to be the bachelorette. And then really subjectively, these men are going, actually, yeah, I'm really not interested in getting to know her. It felt very, I don't know. Very like surface level. I don't know. Men and their rights. I don't really like that. So (laughs) them them making decisions. Men and their rights. (laughs) They've got too many. The last thing they need is to like, dictate yeah. who gets to like be the best. <laughs> well, anyways, before we get really into that, I wanted to know like how your life has been. Maybe some quick updates for the fans, for the listeners. The biggest thing that's happened in my life is I moved, and I really like my apartment. I live with a cat who bullies me often, but. <laughs> I really like my roommate. I'm a fan and we have a cat and it's just, it's a nicer environment than I've been in the past. So I'm really, that's, I'm really happy. I'm in a really fun place in Chicago. So yay. What about you? What big updates have happened since you've left off? Well, Jenna, I graduated school, which is very exciting. I got a new job. So now I am working full-time Monday through Friday at like a steady job, which is crazy because before I would work like part-time and like do homework and it's just, it's a different lifestyle now, but it's good. Welcome to the official like big girl jobs of the mental health field. And you're, you're officially also a professional mental health counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like I now have a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. There's still so much to learn. I'm just so glad I don't have to write any more freaking papers anymore. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you did it! Yeah, and if you're new here, if you're new listening, Jenna and I met in grad school. Yes. Um, we had about 
not even a year like in person to like actually go to classes and stuff and then it was very um but Jen and I really hit it off we lived about 200 feet from one another and didn't really see each other regularly until approximately three weeks before I moved halfway across the country (laughs) where in that three-week period we saw each other almost daily yes for our daily mental health walks (laughs) we'd go walk around the greater Boston area drinking tequila you know the essentials well congratulations there's like you said there's always so much room to grow Mm -hmm. and there's always so much room to learn and there's also this piece of like you've also learned so much and you get to apply all of those things, not just in the internships that we worked during grad during grad school, but you get to apply all the things that you learned and like give back to these um, populations and in ways to just promote wellness and things that are helping others, which I think is something that people in our field really resonate with. Yes, for sure. Did we miss anything important for our lives in the last four months? No, it's been pretty boring. it's pretty boring. I feel like four months is a long time for Bachelor Nation to be off. Considering the last seasons, it was like back to back to back. I know. But it also felt like it went by fast and slow at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like we were just like, we just finished recording our last episode for Clayton's season, but it also feels like it dragged out like 6 million months. (laughs) I'm excited to be in a season that, I don't know, going into, I'm excited about. I feel like all of last season, I had a really hard time getting invested in his story until towards the end, my investment in the story was just frustration and trying to process all the chaos that happened but I'm excited to hop into another Bachelor Nation series and season that I'm eager to jump in yes and also because they're two women like fuck yes let's go two strong women (laughs) yes you got Gabby who's a powerhouse and then you've got Rachel who is really like coming into her own Gabby's humor. Oh, I want to be her friend. I want to be both of their friends. Uh, yeah. Why don't we hop into this season? So what were first impressions of the season? What do you think of the two bachelorettes format? It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like it could either tear them apart, which hopefully it won't, mm-hmm. or bring them closer together. Because I have noticed already that they're talking really genuinely to each other and asking each other for advice Mm -hmm. but I could see down the road how you know if they like the same guy how that might create tension between them yeah I, I think something that Bachelor Nation as a whole kind of is really feeling right now is we don't want these women to be fucked around with any more than they already have been. Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone wants what's best for these two. And having the fact that they are dating all of the same men and they're treading new territory. We've not had a season with two bachelorettes the entire time. They're, They're dating the same men. They're They're swimming in the same dating pool where that overlap can be really tricky. Even for the most genuine women, it's, it's challenging to like, there's just, there's a lot of room to get hurt and there's a lot of room to, then you're balancing feeling really hurt while wanting to support this other woman who's a friend who like wanting the best for the other person while also trying not to be screwed over yourself. I feel like there's going to, we're going to have to watch that be navigated as the season goes on. Right, right. I'm surprised they 
didn't like have the men like night one or like early like early, night one try to be like I'm here for so-and-so I'm here for so-and-so so it's like split I know well some of them said very like briefly said like oh like I when they were having like when the men were having the conversations with both of them some of them said like oh you know I came here for you and I like saw mm-hmm. you and I thought like you were cute and funny and nice mm-hmm. yeah I don't know how that's gonna go I'm intrigued but if if these poor women mm-hmm. get thrown around in the ringer I will throw hands because of hoes before bros always also now this is maybe me being a selfish feminist but like right with the bachelor it's one man deciding between all these women with the bachelorette it's one woman deciding between all these men and I kind of like the fact that the men don't have as much of a say. They get a say in whether or not they want to continue pursuing that relationship. But there's less of that subjective, oh, do I want her or her? Like the role of the bachelorette in the past, because it's one woman and all these men, there's this power in it. Just any lead in this franchise. The lead has some has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. This format, because they're dating all the same men, as we get further down the road, the men are going to have some sort of power in that as well. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I think I'm just bitter because I don't like when (laughs) men are in positions of power. (laughs) This is the episode where I single-handedly lose any male fan base we have. Our podcast is heading in in the direction of a feminist podcast. I love men. I love boys. I just... I just think they could do with a little oppression, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. <laughs> I don't want people to be oppressed, but I, I think it would be helpful, you know, just like sprinkle in, yes, yes, sprinkle in some like social oppression right. to the stereotypical right. white man. I feel like it, it's as an educational experience. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) well speaking of men like how did you feel about the men that are on this season honestly no one stood out to me in a good way or a bad way what about you the last bachelorette season was um michelle i thought and this is just judging from this one episode last, uh, last night that uh the men in this season have a little more let me how do I put this nicely substance Mm. (laughs) than her season I don't know I just felt like they seemed overall like wholesome that's that's the word that I would use yeah a lot of kind of vanilla I think that's why it's like no one stood out as like exceptionally fantastic or exceptionally terrible I think it was just overall like a very cohesive group of just here are these guys Right. They have substance like going forward. <laughs> I know. I'm looking forward to some substance, yes. especially. Yeah. Just kind of seeing because you've got these two women who are so like empowering and lifting each other up and that supportive space. Like I want to see the men kind of step up to that level as well in a way that's meeting these women where they are. Right. Yeah. In terms of first impression roses. So I believe so Rachel gave hers to the Pino. He was the stairs guy. Yes. Stairs boy. And then Gabby gave hers to the guy from Naperville, which fun fact, Naperville is like 20, 25 minutes from where I grew up. So I was like, represent. Oh, Jenna lives in Chicago because she says it in every sentence. Okay. Now I live in Chicago. I grew up outside of Chicago. 
But there were a lot of men from the Chicago slash Chicagoland area on this season. I was like, oh, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. I don't know any of their names. Mario is one of them. I think he's the Naperville guy who got Gabby's Rose. Mario. There was some guy from Winneka, which is like Northwest suburbs of Chicago. If anyone's seen Home Alone, that's where that took place. There's like what two or three from like Chicago proper. I'm telling you, there was a lot of Chicagoland represented in this. So this is must a Chicago have... podcast, but it might turn into one. <laughs> Probably could have carpooled. <laughs> they were all on the same flight out to LA. That's true. Yeah. I'm just saying. There was one guy from Boston. Oh yeah. I don't remember his name. He seems sweet. I don't even remember who. You're short King. Like all the guys in Boston. Are all Boston men short kings? Oh yeah. That's like a thing. You didn't know that? No. Short King Spring. I guess it's Short King Summer. So we are in summertime now. All right. All right. Who would you give your first impression rose to? Had you been in either Rachel or Gabby's shoes? So I don't remember his name, but the guy with the chicks, like holding holding the baby chicks. Yes. First of all, I was like, oh my God, they're probably like suffering. Like what? Like what is happening? But then I thought about how like cute that was and how he was just kind of like, taking care of them and being caring and holding them (laughs) oh I love that yeah but I hope they're like safe and sound they looked okay oh my gosh I loved how terrified Gabby was of the chicks oh I know (laughs) he was so uncomfortable with those little birds I feel like um and I know you wrote this down too but the guy with like the headphones that put Mm-hmm. on each of them and like talk to each of them individually I really liked that because I don't it separated them and kind of made them feel special in their own ways he was my favorite first impression now I don't remember his name I don't remember what he did if he had a conversation with them later I don't know all all of them looked the same to me except for like three but he was my favorite first impression out of the limos and I loved that he did that headphones because he's acknowledging them as individuals but then in what he said to each one individually it was very clear that he had taken the time to like really see them as individuals so I think with Gabby he talked about I think her humor and like that being really important and like highlighting this part of her and then with Rachel I think he highlighted family and it was very clear he was intentional with what he said with each one individually and I really liked that it wasn't just some like it wasn't like he did it one like headphones on one person but then said the same thing to either of them like it was very clear he was intentional about how he acknowledged them as their own people yeah yeah I wrote down the word intentionality Mm -hmm. which I think is something that Gabby and Rachel have been like, we're talking about, we want them to, they were asking for men to be intentional. They were asking for men to go into the season with trust in them and like trust in their choices. And I think intentional was a word that came up. Yeah. So that was your, that was my favorite first. Did you have like a runner up? Um, I liked the magician. But not because I liked him as like a romantic choice, just because I love the nerdy, a little bit nerdy, a little bit dorky and geeky, a little mm-hmm. bit like this is a little uncomfortable, but like I'm here for it. The awkwardness. That like level of awkwardness where you're like, ooh, this is almost socially yeah. acceptable, but not really. I feel like he was at a disadvantage, one, because he's a magician. 
and two, because he talked to them at the same time. I thought all of the conversations were both of both women at the same time was super uncomfortable. Yeah. And the twins moment, it was the two on two that straight up was just cringe to me. <laughs> the twins. Oh, the poor twins though. Yeah. Gabby was checked out and you could see it. Uh, like her body language was like, yeah, no, I'm not into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are some positive ish uh, um, first impressions, but there was um, some negative things in the first impressions that I know you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot. Some of the guys made their first impression by calling out Clayton, the previous bachelor for being, you know, like for sucking and like, you know, not being the best and not treating the girls well, whatever. And like the whole choir thing where they were singing like Clayton sucks. That was a huge thing. And I was looking on Twitter last night during the episode and Katie Thurston, who was the bachelorette a couple seasons ago, I want to say, she actually tweeted, this is her tweet. I'm actually not okay with the Clayton slander at all. So much for protecting your lead and their mental health. And I thought that, I mean, I totally agree with that tweet. Whatever a person does, like they're still human and they still have mental health challenges. And I feel like Clayton was open about those challenges, like on social media and like with his followers and everything. And then for Bachelor Nation and like for these guys to be able to do that on public television, probably, and I'm assuming, makes Clayton feel even worse and probably spirals him into like negative thinking patterns. Yeah, we're balancing poking fun and making jokes on something that wasn't a positive experience. But at the same time, you're prolonging this negative experience and Mm -hmm. the women were over it too both Rachel and um, Gabby were like I'm over this like that happened it sucked I want to move on this is our chapter we want to move forward and all of this callbacks to that season and their experience and the calling Clayton a clown calling like Clayton like an ass like just that like perpetual insults after insult after insult which I understand that the producers probably edited it to be mm-hmm. that back to back to back. It probably wasn't, but still to have that many men come out and their initial right off the bat is to be like, oh yeah, that loser or that like though, like those insults right off the bat for this thing where at the end of the day, love Clayton, hate Clayton, indifferent about Clayton, no matter what, he's still part of Bachelor Nation and the perpetuating of bullying taking place. Mm-hmm what didn't love yeah and again like maybe people disagree with what he did but you know that doesn't mean people can go and yeah I guess like yeah bullying is the right word and bachelor I don't know I guess the I'm curious if the producers were like okay like let's have these two men do this like do they get to pick their first impression or like how they come out of the limo I've never really known that I feel like it's probably a balance of the men probably have some freedom but then if there's like certain big things like I want to ride in on a horse the producers probably help coordinate like getting the horse (laughs) yeah I don't know right how much of it is producer driven how much of it is the men driven 
And that's something I like we don't get to know or get to see. I just think people are going to be mean. People are going to bully. The internet's going to be a rough place at times. But I thought it was interesting that Bachelor Nation from the producers end that they were like contributing to it. Mm-hmm. Like, the internet's going to do that on its own. Do we really need it to be endorsed by this thing being broadcasted? Right. And like you said, they wanted to move on. Like we all want to move on. This is a new season. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with last season. Yeah. Last season was rough, but it was last season. We're not right. there anymore. Like, right. can we practice that? Like mindfulness. Can we practice coming back to the present moment, not dwelling in the past? Can we bring it to where we are now? Mm-hmm. And I like how like other Bachelor Nation people are calling them out. Like they're Katie was calling Bachelor Nation out. And I I like that. And I've seen like other tweets that are doing the same thing of like previous bachelors and bachelorettes and everything. And I think like that, I, you know, I don't know if it will make change. We don't know, but I think at least it starts like a voice and it starts the gears turning. No, I 100% agree. Bachelor Nation as a whole is this big community of previous contestants, previous leads and in the nature of kind of protecting the mental health of that community, right? Bachelor Nation also extends to the fans. Like we are part of Bachelor Nation as not only fans, but as people who produce a podcast and produce content. Um, And I think a really important part of protecting the mental health of these individuals is allowing them to be as they are. So something that we talk about in counseling in the clinical work that we do is this unconditional positive regard of can we can we go into it open-minded can we go in taking the information that we have not making these negative assumptions and can we try to practice what it would be like to understand their point of view to understand where they're coming from before we make these really brash subjective statements mm-hmm. but that unconditional positive regard especially as we enter this new season and meet a bunch of the, the new men. It's, it's a clean slate. And can we let it be a clean slate? Yeah, I think that's, that's a great point that you bring up. And I think also, like, while you were saying those things, I was thinking about how can, like, you yourself give unconditional positive regard, not only to, like, other people, but to yourself. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Like, how can you, like, forgive yourself and be empathetic towards yourself? And how can you look at yourself with this regard? Like, how you would look at other people? It's tricky. We're wrestling with thinking patterns that are really natural that maybe gravitate towards these negative self-talk or negative judgments towards others. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of practicing going, okay, this is a judgment. It could be an unfair assessment and kind of being open to, like, what if they are still a good person? And that's something that I think you and I can practice as well as we, because we'll, we'll go into men sometimes, or we'll go into the, like, I think of last season, we can go into some of the women, like we can go into it, but can we try to understand their perspective without tearing them apart? Mm-hmm. That's something that we will have to, it, it's a constant practice. Yeah. And it's really hard not to judge on like the first episode. <laughs> Of course, especially when, I don't know about you, when I'm one of the most judgiest people on this earth. Yeah, you are. Don't tell my clients. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I don't judge my clients. I think you have all the unconditional positive regard in the world, like Roger Rogers. Yes. Ooh. She's a graduate. I learned something in school. <laughs> I like that you were like, right? Is that it? <laughs> the degree is in my hands. Any other thoughts about this kind of first episode of this new season? No, I think I just, I'm really curious. Like I have a lot of curiosity about the whole like two bachelorettes. Mm -hmm. I think there are going to be pros and cons, especially towards the end. (laughs) Yeah, I'm yeah, curious. Uh, Mostly I'm very excited to be back. And to see your beautiful face and hear your beautiful voice. I hear your beautiful shit talking. (laughs) And on that note. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow Bachelor on the Couch on Instagram and Facebook and Batch on the Couch on Twitter and TikTok. Or check us out at BachelorOnTheCouch.com and send us an email at BachelorOnTheCouch at gmail.com. That's that. Bye.